Welcome to Our Wives Hate, this NFL podcast with David and Daniel. All right, well, we're finally back. It's been, what has it been, two months? Maybe a month, but it's been a long time. A lot has changed, but the season is only about three and a half weeks away, and we're here breaking it all down for you. Great to be back. Our wives couldn't keep us off this long. Yep. They tried, and they succeeded for a little while, but ultimately they failed, just as they, they were did. to do. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, so much has changed. It seems like the whole summer has gone by in just the blink of an eye, and David and I are back with you to discuss yep. a lot of things going on. We're going to break down some storylines. We're going to talk about our picks for this season. We're going to talk about our picks for the player awards this season. Right. But we want to start by addressing what had to be addressed, and that, and that is probably the worst ranking of the top 100 players that has ever been made. I mean, not even a not even a 10-year-old could put out a ranking this bad. Even <laughs> if I have a son and my son is three years old, I will teach him to do better <laughs> rankings than this list. This is atrocious, and the worst part about it is that the players are the ones behind it. That is the most sad thing of all. Well, I mean, like, like I mentioned before, before we got on the podcast, there's a narrative out there that if a professional athlete has an opinion, it's automatically correct because they're a professional athlete. This NFL top 100 player list every year shows that you should not just listen to players' opinions on things because they have their own set of biases. And this list is is like... It it might be it might be worse than the COVID nineteen pandemic. This list, I'm like that's that's how far I'm willing to go. Like this list is an atrocity, an absolute atrocity. I mean, I mentioned I mentioned before that we started that like this list is the running backs recently had this top secret meeting to discuss their pay and a lot of the top in running backs and J K Dobbins somehow got invited to this, but <laughs> this list. They definitely did some – they bought some votes. They did some meddling because so many running backs ranked high that me and David both, and especially David, had heart attacks just looking at it, seeing six running backs ranked ahead of Jamar Chase, and that's just the beginning of the madness. Well, I mean, we have Josh Jacobs at number 12. When <laughs> Josh Jacobs' own team, he's not – like they're not giving him an extension, right? He's one of the running backs. That's right. He's still he, holding he out. He – he can't even get an extension from his own team, and he's a top 12 player. Give me a break. Give me a break. Meanwhile, Trevor Lawrence comes in at 96. So Josh- <laughs> it's just insane. It's insane. How, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. He's lower than Justin Fields. Justin Fields can't complete a pass. He can't even complete a pass. He's a running back as a quarterback. I'm well, sorry. Well, David, I do need to say that Justin Fields had two – 50-yard massive touchdowns in the last preseason game, and two 50-yard bombs for a total of about negative 10 air yards. So the season is well underway. (laughs) That's right. That's right. But, I mean, I've heard so many people say, you're just a podcaster, you know, those those podcasters, and think about these podcasters up in their ivory towers with their nerdy glasses on. And part of that is – Part of that stereotype may be true, but at least we're not putting out these lists, okay? No, we, we, would never, list, we, would, we would never do something this harmful to society <laughs> than put out a list like this. This, this list is it, – it's like, it's like um, 
I don't even want to say what I'm going to say. I just want to. <laughs> I'm just going to move on. I mean, now, look, the, really, the running back thing is obviously atrocious. But to me, to me, and you look, you know what I'm about to say about this man, okay? To me, the worst part about this list is Jalen Hurts is at number three. Okay, <laughs> first of all, this man is a heretic. Okay, we all know that he is a heretic. Okay, he doesn't know how to interpret scripture at all. Okay, his hermeneutics are off. That's well established. But let, okay, so he had a really good season in 2022. No one's denying that. But Daniel, let me show you a couple of rankings that I think you'll find interesting. So when the NFL players voted, excuse me, in 2019 on the top 100 players, guess which quarterback was at number four despite throwing for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns and having a historic season? Patrick Mahomes. So you're, so this is what this is what the players are saying. Jalen Hurts in 2022 was worthy of a higher ranking than Patrick Mahomes was after his amazing first year. But it gets even better than that because because <laughs> in 2020, the year after Patrick Mahomes got a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl MVP, he was ranked number four by the players yet again. They put him at number four. They put Lamar Jackson ahead of him and Russell Wilson. Okay. These okay, these players don't know how to vote. Okay. <laughs> Jalen Hurts belongs on the list. He belongs in the the probably bottom twenty-five of the list. Um at, at the highest, in my opinion. Uh the fact that he's number three is is an absolute joke. And he's gonna he's gonna plummet next year. He's gonna plummet down this list because he's gonna have a, a pretty mediocre season. We'll get to that later. And for the people who say this list, they don't react as quick as some people. They don't react to rookies having a great season as much as they should, and Trevor Lawrence is too low, and Justin Fields is. They put Sauce Gardner at number 23 after one season. And, yes, I'm not debating that. I think he, Sauce Gardner had an amazing season. I think he's one of, yeah. of the top corners in the NFL. If you want to start your team today with a young superstar defensive player, Sauce Gardner would be one, one of the best. I'm not, I think he's ranked at a fantastic spot. But how can you put someone that high after they've just had one season and then have Trevor Lawrence at 96, who we all know is going to be a top 10 player after the season? He certainly will. So this is just atrocious what we're seeing here from the players. But it's nothing new. The list, the and, list has been bad every year. And we all know it's because he's white. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> moving on to uh, our next <laughs> Our next topic is storylines. And as as the season gets closer, we're now, like we mentioned, three and a half weeks away. There's a lot of fun storylines to watch. And all of the announcers are going to be talking about the same stupid storylines every single week about how DeMar Hamlin has come back from a tragic potential death to an amazing season. But we're going to tell you the actual storyline. It's a vaccine heart attack. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to tell you the storylines you need to follow. So... Yeah, uh, we each have three storylines for you. Do you want to go first, David, with uh, something yeah. that you're excited to see this season from a yeah. from a storyline perspective? Yeah, so I'll, I'll go first. Yeah, I'll. Uh, this storyline is called "Broke Boys: The Story of the 2023 Cincinnati Bengals." So <laughs> <laughs> we all know the Bengals are, you know, they're in this window where they have these blue chip talent players that are on these rookie contracts, and they've been really good the last two years. 
five playoff victories, almost won a Super Bowl two years ago. We're very close to going to the Super Bowl again. Excuse me. Um, uh, but, you know, if the player hadn't pushed Patrick Mahomes out of bounds late, you know, that game goes to overtime more than likely, and who knows what happens. So the Bengals have been great. Zach Taylor got better as a coach. But the problem is, is now it's time to start paying some of their players, specifically Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Now, of course, they're going to they're gonna pay those guys. Like, there's – like – Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase will be Cincinnati Bengals uh, moving forward. But how does that impact the rest of the team? So the reason why this is a storyline for me is to me is because you know, Cincinnati is kind of like this is this might be the year they have to win a Super Bowl before it gets really complicated to sign all the players. Because there's also, there's also offensive linemen. Uh, there's also um, T. Higgins they have to think about also resigning. Uh, and he's going to get wide receiver one offers from teams, like uh, you know, if if he's going to you know test free agency. So um, <clears throat> I I just think that the the Bengals are in a very precarious position, a position where a lot of teams like they have a couple good years and then they fall off because they don't know how to manage and they don't draft well and they don't get good free agents, and so. Yeah, I'm I'm watching the the broke boys, and of course, like the the big reason, like Cincinnati's not not one of the more wealthy franchises, so um, it's harder for them to to sign these big contracts because of like escrow. I think they have to put the money in an account to show that they have the money. Um, so you know, for a team like Cincinnati, it's it's more challenging. So I'm watching the broke boys this year. Yeah, one thing they did do in the off season was they, for the first time ever, they signed a deal with a company to change the name of the stadium, and now it's called Paycor Stadium. So Paul Brown oh, Stadium great. has been renamed. So they are doing some things because they see this coming. But it's the kind of thing the Chiefs were in this position a few years ago, and they had to get rid of Tyreek Hill as a result. So could could T. Higgins and Jamar Chase not be on this team with Joe Burrow long term? I think the Bengals want to do everything they can to keep them together. The question is, can they? And this is their la- potentially their last rodeo to have all of them cheap and be able to pay all those defensive players, people like Hendrickson, people who can make an impact on the other side of the ball as well. Right. Exactly. So my first storyline is the offense is going to be watching the offensive and defensive dynamics at play this season. Yeah. I was telling David before the podcast started, there's a new podcast from The Athletic, a new little show they did called The Play Callers that I just wanted to recommend to everyone who's interested in some of these trends that we've been seeing over the last five years. And they they interview Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniel, Matt Laf- Mike LaFleur, all these different names, and they're really learning from them how has it changed in the last few years in terms of this offensive and defensive dynamic. And what they talk about is how the offenses started to get smarter and do take advantage of things like play action and learn how to get players in open space. And Kyle Shanahan was a great example of this using Debo and several of the other playmakers like George Kittle, getting them open, just letting them make plays and big plays. And offenses statistically that have a 40-plus yard play on a drive are so much more dynamic and so much more likely to score not just a field goal but a touchdown. And so what we've seen in reaction to that is a lot of defenses have – not just done cover two shell, which I know we've talked about, but also changed up their looks and not been predictable and not just stuck with cover three or cover two on any given play. Because if you know how to read defenses really well, 
you can know exactly where to throw before the play happens if you know they're going to be in cover two or know they're going to be in cover three. And so defenses have, a, have adjusted to get more unpredictable. And so that has made it hard to complete big plays. It's kind of changed the whole dynamic. And we saw last year the Chiefs had to go from being this big play offense to a short play and just go methodically down the field. But that's hard as an offense. And so I'm excited to see this year how do some of the great offensive minds, what do they do to counter this? Are there going to be more schemes that we see or brand new ideas from Shanahan, from McDaniel, from Andy Reid? Are we going to see new things to counter this kind of stop the big plays defense? And just how does that play out? So that's something I'm excited to see from a strategic yeah. perspective. Well, it's it's every year it's, it's a game of chess. These these guys are brilliant. I'm 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 absolutely I'm particularly impressed by defensive coaches how they've been able to withstand what's been going on offensively. Um, <clears throat> because if you look at, I mean, obviously scoring is is up and like pe- teams are scoring more than they ever have. But the NFL is not this. You know, like I remember remember the Chiefs Rams game from 2018. That was like 51 to 48. People are like, oh, that's the future. That's the future of football. And it's really – that game is an outlier when you look at the last five years. Now, again, still scoring is up. Yards are up, all that stuff, yards per play, all those things. But uh, you saw this really in 2021. With the, You saw it really with the Chiefs a lot. Like Mahomes, his, the worst stretch of his career where, where teams were taking away all the deep stuff and they could, and yep. the Chiefs could not figure out a way to get short. Um, and, of course, now, they, like you said, they adjusted this year. They were not a – um, explosive team at all, which is, but defense is like that because the more plays you have to uh, do on a drive, the higher likelihood it is you're going to make a mistake and then it's going to lead to a punt or a turnover. So teams, defenses want the uh, teams to have as many plays on the drive as possible. Um, but I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, like defenses, you know, while it's impressive, um, it's still a quarterback-driven league, an offensive-driven league, and so the best offensive minds are are going to be uh, leading the teams that win the most games. Yeah, and I think we'll see that too when it comes to our playoff picks. So let's mm-hmm. get into your second storyline. What are you excited to see this year? Yeah, I'm really, you know, I'm excited to see the race for last place because I want to see where Caleb Williams <laughs> is. Back. So I think the Caleb Williams sweepstakes is is really interesting. Um, I, even though there's a ton of teams, I think that should really partake in this. We know that it's a, it's, it's a small pool of teams that are, it's like re- realistic for them to actually, uh, do it. And you, you never know, there could be injuries on a, on a surprise team that leads them to finishing with the worst record. And then they get, um, Caleb Williams. So for, for me, I'm excited to see one, the teams, like which team is going to get him and two which teams that should be trying to get him are not. And uh, then just really like complaining about those teams all year and roasting them. Uh, Cause I look at a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers and to me, in my opinion, it's like, okay, you think of their two options, one Kenny Pickett or two Caleb Williams. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, it's a very hard decision, right? <laughs> and, you know, a team like the Steelers, but they'll never tank because they're obsessed with their whole, like, Oh, we win nine games every year. Like, okay, great. You're not winning the Super Bowl, though. Not a chance. Um, but then you have teams like the Texans and the Colts who are going to be absolutely awful. But they have rookie quarterbacks, so they're not going to take Caleb Williams, um, even though I think they, they should. If either one had the number one overall pick, take Caleb Williams, screw the guy you just drafted. Um, so, well, so the Texans, I'm, unfortunately, can't because they made an idiotic oh, right. trade. The, 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 <laughs> the Texans, right. So I think, there, I think there's a couple teams that are really 
in the dri- driving lane for this. I think the the commanders are one of them. I know that hurts for you to hear, but it, it's just a reality. Uh, especially with new ownership and all this, uh, just what a poverty franchise they are. Got to get Caleb Williams. I think the Arizona Cardinals, obviously, are also a team that you can really see partaking in this. And really, like, any two teams in the NFC South. Like, uh, and the Tennessee Titans. Those are Kyle, Kyle Trask season in, in a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm really yeah, I'm really looking forward to which team I think the Atlanta Falcons would be the most fun team for Caleb Williams to go on. I think the Falcons should really consider tanking. But anyway, uh, that's my second storyline. Yeah, and that was actually my third storyline, the exact <laughs> I knew I knew you were gonna go there because what I also put next to it was will teams regret pain for Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Daniel Jones. Are we going to see yep. disappointing performances from them this season from teams that could have had a shot at Caleb Williams? Because it's not like you know you would have gotten him for a fact, but if you have the chance, if you would have even had a 20% chance of taking Caleb Williams, you should have gone for it. That's really right. the truth. That's how that's how generational of a player we're talking about here. So that right. was my third storyline. So go my go second, for your other one, yeah. Yeah, my second storyline was the second-year wide receivers. I'm excited to see a lot of these guys. And there's a lot of people last year said this is one of the best wide receiver classes we have had in a long time. And so I'm just excited to see a lot of these guys in year two. They get a chance to step up. I'm talking about guys like Garrett Wilson, of course, now that he has Aaron Rodgers. Also, Chris Olave looked great last year. Can he take another step? I'm excited to see Jameson Williams. I know he ha- he he does have an an obstacle to overcome, uh, but I just I would advise some therapy and hopefully we can get over the hump after six games. So and also just just get a, a a distant family member to do it for you. You know, Jameson, like don't make it so obvious that you did it. You know, yeah, just, hang up bye. a picture of Phil Mickelson in Goodell's office so he doesn't <laughs> think it's that bad. Uh, <laughs> no, at least I'm not this guy. <laughs> Another second-year receiver that I am also a little excited about, and this is kind of a big sleeper, so this isn't someone who I'm going to be like watching intentionally or anything, but Justin Ross of the Chiefs has is someone who, at Clemson, outplayed T. Higgins as a freshman. He was an amazing player. His, his statistics, he was on track to be a first-round pick easily, potentially a top-10 pick, and then he got an extremely serious condition and an injury that all, the, basically the doctor said you can never play football again. And he's come back from that to be a walk-on player with the Chiefs, and mm-hmm. now he has a chance to potentially make the roster. I'm not saying he will, but he did catch a touchdown in the preseason game, and so it appears he can play again. So if he could somehow get back to even half of what he was in college, he's someone who could be someone the Chiefs need. And the reason I wanted to bring that up is because you mentioned the Bengals, how they're getting to a point where – they're going to have to pay people. The Chiefs were at that point a few years ago. They had to get rid of Tyreek Hill as a result. And they, as a result of that, you have to have guys come out of nowhere who you don't have to pay much and step up as an undrafted player, as a late-round pick. And so Justin Ross gives the Chiefs a chance to do that. So I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see him in a helmet and and have a chance to play football. So those are just a few of the second-year receivers. I mean, there's so many other players I'm excited about, like Traylon Burks and George Pickens. So I could go on, but this is going to – Jahan Dotson, another one. Um, But, yeah, it's going to be a good season for second-year receivers. Henry Ruggs. Um, No. um, (laughs) uh, You were just waiting for that. Justin Ross, (laughs) unfortunately, he has no chance for comeback player of the year. 
Um, even though they'll, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we'll talk about the right pick later. Who should win that award? Um, my my last storyline, and I mean, there's a bunch, and I, I like the receivers are always interesting because it's it's probably the most fun position to watch outside of quarterback. Um, there's just so many good receivers. It's it's never there's never been more good receivers. Um, my last storyline that I'm I'm paying attention to is, are the Detroit Lions now. Oh yeah, and the, reason, and the reason why is because. I mean, they've been such a poverty franchise for so long. It's it's actually impressive how incompetent they've been. Um, but the, the for the first time ever, they have season tickets all sold out before the season. Um, they I think they're the favorites to win the North, and they're in a very, very winnable conference overall. Like they they don't need a lot to happen for them to actually get to the Super Bowl. Um, so I'm I'm interested interested to see that if they can actually live up to the hype. Uh, I think they're one of the more hyped teams, like one of the you know, newer hype teams, as opposed to the, the teams that are, are, you know, everyone knows that are good, like the Chiefs and the Bills and the, um, and the, um, and the, the Raiders. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> the Broncos. But, uh, um, so yeah, I, I'm just, I'm really interested in the lines. I'm interested in Jared Goff. Um, and, you know, Dan Campbell obviously is a, um, as, as the character that he is. And, and another team I had on the, the watch list was the Jets because of Aaron Rodgers um, and just what he can bring to the team. But that's uh, I picked the Lions ultimately because of just how bad they've been historically. And they actually have some legitimate hype, um, warranted hype behind them, considering how well they played at the end of last year. Yeah, that's that's a great team. I, I mean, that would have been one of my top storylines for teams too is the Lions just because it's, it's honestly, like you said, they're in a situation where if the Vikings don't go nine and two with a negative win with a negative scoring right. margin, then yeah. now they're the best team in the division. Plus, you have all these offensive weapons, and we'll get to that soon. But I mean, it's a fun team. It's it's about as fun an offense as you get in the NFL. Right, right, exactly. Um, do you want to get to the the division winners and the yeah wild card picks and the let's uh, do it conference? Yeah, so let, let's start the AFC. Let's start the AFC East. Um, who do you have winning this division? And I, I don't know if you have them, the teams ranked um, in terms of, like, the standings at all. But uh, who do you have winning the East? So I have the Dolphins winning the East, and this is the Stalker. same pick. <laughs> when we talked about this three months ago, I picked the Dolphins. The reason I'm picking them is because I'm betting on Tua to stay healthy this year. And yep. I think if he does stay healthy this year, I'm also betting on Mike McDaniel. And I brought up that – podcast earlier about where they talked with a lot of different coaches and one thing I got out of that is that you need a coach who is going to understand the dynamics of the current NFL and I think Mike McDaniel is just as good a coach as any and I I trust him to in his second year we see so many coaches improve from year one to year two we keep forgetting Mike McDaniel is only going into year two as a coach so I'm I'm really, really excited to see what he can do in year two. I think he's going to pull out some new tricks out of the bag that we haven't seen before. And so I'm picking the Dolphins over the Bills. And I have nothing against the Bills. I have them as the fifth team, um, which we'll get to. But I really like the Dolphins this year, and I'm going to pick them to win the East. Yeah, I mean, I think it, if you look at the stats that Tua had last year, you would have thought he was one of the top five quarterbacks in the league because the stats were so good. Um and yeah, you're you have to bank on his health. Um, I couldn't get there with Miami. I've already expressed my you know I don't think two is that good. <clears throat> and then two, he can't stay healthy. 
So I got Buffalo. It's a safe pick, but I got Buffalo in the division. Best quarterback, best coach, best roster. Um, I got the Jets going second. I think Rodgers added to that roster equals a playoff team. Miami's third, and then New England is fourth, obviously. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I have the, I have the Bills, that's a, but that's a safe pick. So um, what about the North? So for the North, I'm picking the Bengals, and I did see there has – since we last – I mean, so many things have changed since our last podcast, and one of those is that Joe Burrow is – he yeah. had his, his injury in practice. He won't be available until at least the start of the season. And we saw Jamar Chase actually in an interview recently said, I told him don't play till week till after week five. So, you know, I don't know wow. if that's realistic. Um, but I think the reason Jamar is saying that is because he wants to save Joe Burrow for the playoffs – which is a great idea until you realize how valuable the first round buy is and how hard it is to get in the AFC. If Joe Burrow right. misses the first five games, the Bengals will not be the number one seed. And exactly. so because exactly. of that, I think he will play week one. I think he will play the whole season as long as he doesn't get re-injured. And so yeah. I'm picking the Bengals to win the North. Yeah, I think I think what Jamar might be missing there is, like you said, the first round buy. And it's not, it's not important. To me, like September football, it's really not – Super important how well you play. It's just get the wins. Like win, just make sure you don't. Because if you start zero and four, you're you're pretty much done. Um, you know, get get as many wins as you can, improve throughout the year. So don't don't peak early like a lot of teams do. A lot of teams win the September Super Bowl and then they they fizzle out. Um, I have Cincinnati uh, ranked first as well. Um, best quarterback, best roster, maybe not the best coach, uh, but I think they have enough talent offensively and defensively to still win the division. Burrow might miss the first game, which I think would be smart, but I don't think that would be enough to make them not win the division. Um, and then I have Cleveland going second. I have Baltimore third, and then I have the Steelers fourth. So talk me through – this is a little more detail on that ranking. Talk me through you putting the Browns over the Ravens. Do you have the Browns in the playoffs? I do, but I also have the Ravens in the playoffs. So, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't have – and and really, I mean, splitting hairs there. And a lot of it is a projection of Deshaun Watson and the Kevin Stefanski being a really good coach, them having a great offensive line, an elite blue chip defensive player in Miles Garrett. Um, <clears throat> and I and to me, like Lamar has consistently declined in, in play the last I mean, three years. Honestly, I'm not convinced that their wide receiver core is like that amazing just because they have Odell Beckham Jr. Um, on the team um, and. Yes, yeah, so, and, and you can't trust Lamar to stay healthy at this point for two, like two years and uh, inconsistent throwing. But I still have Baltimore as a playoff team that could go nine and eight, ten and seven, and still get a wild card spot. I have them in the playoffs, um, so that's that's what I have for the North, <clears throat> the South. I mean, this this, this division is always trash, just like the NFC South is always trash. So I don't know what's up with these South divisions, but I think this is probably actually the easiest. Would you say this is the easiest division winner? Yes. Outside of the Chiefs, maybe. Um, the Jaguars are going to win this division. I mean, I, I don't even think – I think it's – I think the Jags have less competition than the Chiefs do with the Chargers. I mean oh, – 100%, 100%. It's going to be – 100%. And I, I'm a, I, I, would, I would bet a lot, you know, if it was even odds on the Jags. They're, they're winning this division, and Trevor Lawrence is going to be – he's going to be putting up a big-time season. This is what Jacksonville, like, needs to really consider is they – First of all, they need to go six and zero in division play. They cannot lose anything. Else. But in a division this week, you have a chance to be the one seed. Okay, like they no, have, for sure they have a legitimate chance to do that. Now they play a first place schedule, which is tough. 
Um, so, I mean, they're playing the Chiefs, Bengals, and Bills. Like, that's probably two or three losses, right? But, I mean, again, still, when you have a division this bad, and it's basically gifting you six wins, okay? And you think maybe, like, what, winning 13 games will get you um, to the, the, the one seed? Go seven and four. You know, not a, obviously it's a good record. It's not, it's not amazing. But I think Jacksonville has a chance to be a one seed as long as they don't lose any dumb games in the division. No, I, I, I love that pick. And I think getting the one seed in such a competitive conference as the AFC – opposed to the NFC, getting the one seed in the AFC is so, so valuable. I mean, we're talking – we've with our picks, we're talking about the Chiefs-Bills potentially playing in a wild card game or the Chargers-Bengals playing – I mean, in the wild card game. So just missing out on one of those games, you get to rest, and anybody could lose in the wild card. I mean, that's how good it is. So, right, yeah, what a, what a valuable position yeah. the Jags are in with Trevor Lawrence entering his prime. Yeah, and I and I just to just to fill out how I think the division is going to go. I think the Titans actually finish second, uh, and I think the Colts finish third, and the Texans go fourth. I'm going to take the Titans to finish last in the division because I understand, I'm I hoping I'm hoping they'll do the right thing and tank. But I do agree with you that if they don't tank, if they keep Ryan Tannehill the quarterback the whole season, they're that, going to win seven games. Yeah, they're going to win yeah. seven games. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's that's the key. Like if if they play Will Levis then it's like, okay, you actually are trying to lose games and actually trying to get Caleb Williams, which you, which they should do. But the, they're, they're not with Vrabel. They're not going to do that. So um, it's unfortunate. What about the West? So I'm taking the Chiefs in the West, but I'm also taking the Chargers to make the playoffs. I'm going to have them and, coming in at six right behind the Bills. I have five. Yeah, so I have Chiefs, Chargers, both making the playoffs. I have Broncos third, Raiders fourth. I have the Broncos and Raiders missing the playoffs. Um so it looks like with AFC, I'll, I'll go through my playoff, all my playoff picks, and then you go through yours. So I got Bills, Bengals, Jaguars, Chiefs as the division winners. Um, I'm just going to assume the Chiefs are the one seed. And then my wild card, uh, t- my wild card teams are the. Uh, actually, I, I misspoke. I don't have the. Uh, uh, I don't have the Chargers making the playoffs. It's Jets, Browns, Ravens. So okay. I have I have the Chargers missing the playoffs because Brandon Staley is on my fired list. Along with Mike McCarthy and, <laughs> and Todd Bell movement. So, wow. <laughs> so those three must be fired, and so the Chargers must miss the playoff to happen. And it'll be the, for the best for Justin Herbert's career. Um, but yeah, so Bills, Bengals, Jags, Chiefs, Jets, Browns, Ravens. Those are my seven playoff teams. What about you? So I have the same playoff teams, except I have the Dolphins win the division instead of the Bills. And then I have my wild cards are the Bills, Chargers, and Ravens. I have the Jets missing the playoffs. Um, the Dalvin Cook signing today, which we're not even going to talk about that much because it's so irrelevant, that <laughs> gives me extreme – that gives me a big good feelings for, for having the Jets miss the playoffs when you're paying a running back up to $8.5 million. Now, I don't know how much of that is incentives yet. There may be a bunch of incentives in there that we know he's not going to get to. But, I mean, the Jets it- may be a dumpster fire. Maybe maybe if he does one Zoom call a week, he might get all of his money. <laughs> um, um, okay, so we have our playoff teams in the AFC. Let's get to the NFC. NFC is actually really hard because there's it not is. a lot of options. Um, uh, and, yeah, there's there's some, like, interesting options, but I don't know if we're going to pull the trigger on them. So uh, let's start with the NFC East where the defending NFC champions, the Eagles, are in this division. They had three teams make the playoffs last year. And, actually, the commanders were in a kind of playoff – position late in the year it actually ended up being the best division in the nfc last year 
Um, they would have. The Commanders would have made the playoffs if the refs hadn't screwed them in Week 17. And if Sam Howell played all year, we all know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, who do you have winning the East? I think I know who you're going to pick. So, I'm picking the Eagles to win the East. Yeah, that's um, fair. Best roster. Yeah, I I just think I like I the roster is far and away the best. I don't care about losing the coaches. That could hurt them. I I am somewhat concerned about the new coaches they have coming in on offense. I I, I mean the defense is a huge upgrade because they got rid of Gannon, but. Overall, I think the Eagles have probably the best roster of any of these of the teams in the division, and much better than the Cowboys. Unfortunately, for all the homers out there. Yeah, so I guess I'm a homer. I have the Cowboys winning the division. <laughs> um, I, I first, yeah, I have some. We'll talk about Dallas later, and then I have the Eagles finishing second. Obviously, I'll have the Eagles make the playoffs, despite Jalen Hurts going. He's going to nosedive in that ranking. <laughs> I knew you were uh, going to put them low just because of Jalen Hurts. I mean. If if they replace Jalen Hurts with a backup, you would put him ahead of the Cowboys. It's just because of Jalen Hurts. I mean, if they didn't field a quarterback, I would put him ahead of the Cowboys. Um, <laughs> no, I I think there's gonna be a regression. I think Jalen Hurts played Fair. way way above his head last year, and they were also really healthy, except for Hurts. But their whole roster is pretty healthy. Um, Giants third, Commanders fourth. Um, I think the Giants will miss the playoffs this year, and they should tank for Caleb Williams because they have a great coach. Um, but they're not going to do it. Okay. Um, let's go with the North. Uh, yeah. Who do you have winning the North? This is an interesting division. This is a very interesting division. So give me so the North. North, I, I had the Vikings when we talked about this in May, but in my classic fashion, I have flipped to the (laughs) Lions. I'm joining the hype train. Let's go. The reason is because of Ben Johnson. I think Ben Johnson should have been hired this previous coaching cycle. I think he's a better candidate than every single person who got hired except for Sean Payton. And I think Ben Johnson is going to lead them to the victory in this division ahead of the Vikings. And he's going to – Dan Campbell will take the credit. He'll get the credit from the media. But Ben Johnson is going to get a head coaching job after this year, and he's going to deserve it too. Yeah. I'm I'm all in with everything you just said. Um, I have the Lions winning the division. And then the rankings after that, I have the Packers second. The Vikings third and the Bears fourth. Um, Vikings, the negative point differential of that record, they scream regression. They scream that they're gonna they're gonna probably win half the amount of games they won last year. I think it's I think the Vikings will miss the playoffs. All right. Um, NFC South. This division is even worse than the AFC South because at least the AFC South has Jacksonville. Okay. At least they have a team we know is actually good and can actually do something. The NFC South has none, none of that. This is a terrible division. Who do you have winning it? I have the best offense in this division and one of the best offenses in the whole NFC. I have the Falcons winning That's, this division. Oh, my. And God. I don't think it's going to be close. We we talked close. about it in May. Oh, they have Desmond Ritter. We talked about it in May, and I've gotten more confident. Ritter. And I know they have Desmond Ritter, but let me explain. With Arthur Smith, he the way he wants to play – is perfect for what the team looks like now. They have one of the best offensive lines in the league. They, they have Bijan Robinson, and they're just going to run the ball on people. They are going to play bully they ball. Will win, they will win six games, which could win the division. <laughs> no, they're, they're going to play old-school football. They have Kyle Pitts, who, for all the receiving talent that he is that we talk about, he is a bruiser. He's the perfect big receiver tight end that for Arthur Smith. And defenses are going to have their hands full with these short little passes that Desmond Ritter. He's not going to have to throw more than 10 yards down the field, and this offense is going to be – honestly, when we talk about how the NFL is changing into these little plays and into having to slowly go down the field, 
I don't think there's an offense that is built from just from a personnel perspective better for that than the Falcons this season. Uh, it, I, I think everything you just said is giving me a disease because <laughs> the Falcons, like if they are a run first team, that means they're losing. That's just how, that's how it's going to work. Um, so I have the Saints winning the division because they have the best quarterback, the most proven quarterback, Derek Carr. Um, so I have the Saints winning the division. I have Tampa, Tampa Bay finishing second, Carolina finishing third, and I have the Falcons finishing dead last. Um, of course, the Buccaneers they better get Caleb Williams if that happens. They need, they need, if they had, <laughs> if they got, see, that's the thing. If they got Caleb Williams with that offensive line and those blue chip running back receiver tight end, I'm telling you, the Falcons win that division year one with Caleb Williams. They win it year one. So they need to tank for Caleb Williams. They, and also it's Atlanta. It's close to both of us. We get to see him play. This is what we want. This is what must happen. Uh, please, Atlanta, please tank for Caleb Williams. Please. I beg of you. I will sacrifice my first one for it. All right. Um, let's, uh, let's get to the NFC West and then we'll talk about the wild card. So the NFC West, um, I think this is, this is an easy pick also. Um, although the quarterback thing is a little interesting, but, uh, who do you have going to the NFC West? I have the best coach in the NFC West. I have Kyle Shanahan winning this division pretty easily. I don't think it would take a whole lot of injuries for him to lose. And the team has a whole lot of injuries every single year and he still finds a way to win. I'm I'm taking Kyle Shanahan, and it's not even close for me. Yeah, look, we this is a this is as pro a Kyle Shanahan podcast as he gets. We both love Kyle Shanahan. Anybody who has anything like, yeah, he has flaws. Obviously, every coach does. But if you're if you don't think Shanahan is, I think he's the best coach in the NFL. I think that that should be a no brainer. A no brainer. I'm right there with you. So, but if if people want to say he's overrated, like just do not talk to me. You don't know what you're talking about. This man is a genius. And what he has done in San Francisco, given what has happened injury-wise, and especially at the quarterback position, tell me another coach that can do that. You will not find it, okay? So uh, we love Kyle Shanahan. Um, we both want him to win a Super Bowl one day, I'm assuming. Uh, I would love to see him win a Super Bowl so all the idiots can shut up about uh, Kyle Shanahan. Uh, number two, I have the Rams, and then I have the Seahawks third and the Cardinals fourth. Um, give me your the so go through your division winners again, and then give me your three wild card teams. Yeah, so this the NFC is a conference where you could see a whole lot of teams get a wild card spot just because of the weakness of it. But yeah. I have the Falcons and the Lions, Eagles, and 49ers, and then my wild cards. I have the Cowboys coming in at fifth. They always make the playoffs usually yeah. nowadays yeah. with Dak very Prescott. Su- very successful team. They win a lot of games. Um, I do think it could be a train wreck though because I don't trust Mike. McCarthy, but I'm I'm still going to put the Cowboys in the playoffs, and then I'm putting the Vikings in the playoffs. I know you have them missing, but I love Justin Jefferson. I know you love Justin Jefferson too, but yeah, I just think he's so good that with Addison, who I think is going to have a 1,000-plus yard season, have a great season, I think the, the Vikings will make the playoffs. And then I have the Seahawks making the playoffs behind, as I've said repeatedly, a 100 plus reception season for Jackson Smith and Jigba, who is the best wide receiver on the Seahawks. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i worried about the Seahawks because I think Geno is going to fall back down to earth. I thought he overplayed last year. So I have Cowboys, Lions, Saints, 49ers, and then my three wildcard teams are the Eagles, the Packers, and the Rams. I'm going with the Packers to make the playoffs. It's kind of like my bold prediction for the year. I like to throw in a bold prediction. And with the Rams, you know, it's it's going to be the Stafford Cup show at that point. 
Um, I think the NFC is just so bad that I don't think it would take a lot for the Rams to make the playoffs. And they have one of the best coaches in the league as well, Sean McVay. Yeah, no, um, I don't hate that pick because they have McVay. Yeah, you can't. You can't but, but, argue. But with they are. But they are very fragile. They're. I mean, they like we saw. I mean, they win the Super Bowl, then like some injuries happen, and it's done. They're done because of how they've constructed that roster over the years. Um, okay, so we have our teams in the playoffs. I want to hear your AFC winner. I want to hear your NFC winner. Go for it. So my, I'll start with my NFC winner because I think my NFC winner. I'm sticking with the same team I had back in May and. For me, the gap between this team and the rest of the teams from May until now has has only widened. It is the 49ers. I'm picking Kyle Shanahan to win the NFC because he sees the game. I mean, we can go hyping Shanahan up all day, but he sees the game on a whole other level. And hearing him talk about – when I listen to this athletic show, they talk about the the, how football has changed over the years, and they interview – quarterbacks who they talk with quarterbacks who have played under Shanahan they talk about the things he says to them in the huddle he is seeing the game on a whole nother level and then at the end of the podcast they they ask the coaches okay so we, all this has happened now what's next and all the coaches are like well I can't tell you that <laughs> just they, they they suddenly get all silent and then the podcast is over but I think Shanahan has a better idea of what's next and of the next evolution of the modern game of football than any other coach out there. I think Shanahan is the top, and I think this he's come so close. We look at what 20, happened with the Falcons. Yeah, we look at what happened with the Chiefs 49ers in 2019 where they were right there on that last drive. And well, they, and they were they were, dom- they were controlling that game for most yep. of the game. So he's been there at the precipice twice, and both times has collapsed. Well, and then the NFC title game two years ago against the Rams, they had a 10-point lead, and they couldn't close the deal because Garoppolo just couldn't get drives at the end of the game. And then last year, we know what happened in the NFC title game. They were they lost after the first drive. It was over. Yeah, and I just think eventually the reason the 49ers are always so high in the odds is because Vegas knows that one of these years he is going to win a title. And so I'm taking them to win what is a very weak NFC. Yep. And I think they'll beat the Eagles in the championship game in a rematch. Okay. But you have one of the AFC. For the AFC, I have the Dolphins winning. Although I will say I like the Jags as a pick to win the AFC, especially when you mention how easy their schedule is. Um, and I think Trevor Lawrence is going to take that next step and have yeah. and be firmly a top 10, not only quarterback, but a top 10 player, a top five quarterback, I'll say. But having said all that, I like the Dolphins to – to win because I want to see Mike McDaniel and Kyle Shanahan in the Super Bowl. So that's what I'm thinking. That would, that would be a fun <laughs> Super Bowl because if the Dolphins got to that point, that's assuming two is healthy and that offense is just clicking. All right, so I'll go NFC first as well. I'm not using any logic or rationale with this pick. I'm going just based off really what I want to happen, and I want to pick the Dallas freaking Cowboys. No, you're not. The, no. The <laughs> NFC. I'm picking no. the Dallas Cowboys. I know for – 25, 30 years at this point, almost 30 years. They have not been to the Super Bowl in 30 years. America's team. And they have Mike McCarthy, who's garbage. And Dak Prescott is mediocre against good teams and dominates bad teams. And they lose horrifically in the playoffs every year. It's it's horrendous how they lose. But I think this is the year. I just feel it in my gut right now. The Dallas Cowboys are winning the NFC. 
Uh, I would love to pick the 49ers. I, I'm rooting for the 49ers. But uh, I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys to win the NFC. And, you know, you can, you can, I know you look, you look shocked at that pick, but really, I, I want you to, to repent of what you've done in the AFC. Let me tell you something about what's happening here. Every year, people want to get cute with the AFC, and they forget that there's Patrick Mahomes for the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC, and they think they're being cute. Oh, I'll pick Miami this year. Oh, I'll pick the Chargers this year. Oh, I'll pick the Broncos. You picked the Broncos last year. And what, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Pour more salt on the wounds. <laughs> <laughs> but I am picking the Kansas City Chiefs to win the AFC. And I think that, that it's a safe pick. It's a boring pick. But it's because I respect Patrick Mahomes. And you don't respect Patrick Mahomes. So that's really what this podcast is boiling down to. Your hatred and disrespect for Patrick Mahomes no. and my love for him. I have no hatred for Mahomes. I love Mahomes. I love that pick. What I can't get over though is the Cowboys. I mean, how can you how can you criticize me for picking the Dolphins when you just picked the Cowboys who just lost Kellen Moore? Are you saying that losing Kellen Moore is going to make the team better when Mike McCarthy's calling the plays? I mean, that's that what appears said, to be what you what, said. What, what did I say at the beginning? I said I'm not using any logic or rationale. <laughs> I'm just picking what I want to see happen. I want the Dallas Cowboys and again, imagine the ratings, the ratings of that Super Bowl. <laughs> Holy moly. All right. Who do you have? That would be good. Who do you have winning the Super Bowl? I have the 49ers winning the Super Bowl. I think it's time for Kyle Shanahan to get the ring. So everything I said before, he's going to get over the hump one of these days. And I, why not this year? Why not Brock Purdy winning Super Bowl MVP, baby? That, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> I have the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. I picked them in 2019. I picked them in 2020. I picked them in 2022. I was right to this three times, and I'm picking them again. I don't care if it's boring. The Kansas City Chiefs will win the Super Bowl. They'll go back-to-back the first team since the Patriots in 2003 and 2004. Mahomes will establish himself as a top-five quarterback of all time um, with with the third Super Bowl ring in six seasons. So uh, I have the Chiefs. All right, because I have to go soon, can we just power through the awards real quick? Yes, we'll give people the awards real quick. So let's start with MVP. Do you want to start with MVP? Yeah, MVP, I got Patrick Mahomes. So MVP, I may have hinted at it before. I have Trevor Lawrence winning this. I know I know Great pick, great pick. David's not gonna like that I'm not going with Mahomes or Burrow or one of these established players, but I think this is the year Trevor Lawrence takes the step. No, I think Lawrence is a top six quarterback. Like Um and, and I, I think what you said about their schedule, that bodes well because this award almost becomes quarterback with a team with a top three record. Unfortunately, that's the way it can be. I mean, we saw last year the Eagles, they almost – Hurts almost won MVP because of the team around him. The Jaguars have built a good team around him, and if Calvin Ridley can take that next step, He's him. Trevor He's Lawrence him. can take it. He's him. He's him. He's him, yeah. All right. Um, offensive player of the year, I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey. I'm gonna, I think Kelsey will have a his, another historic tight end season. I'm going with Kelsey. I love I love the Kelsey pick because I think the NFL is becoming the league of the short of the short passes, the short yards, and the big yards after catch. And for that reason, I'm taking Amon Ross St. Brown. I think Great the pick. Lions Great the pick. Lions offense is going to be using these short throws, and he's going to get so many first downs. It's going to be insane. Yeah, um, defensive player of the year. I'm going Micah Parsons. I'm going to take Nick Bosa, but Great that's pick. more because of the 49ers than Great pick. anything I mean, else. He won he won last year, and he's a future Hall of Fame player. Um, let's go with, uh, let's go with offensive rookie in the year. Uh, I'm just, you know, I don't know a lot about these rookies really. I'm going to go with Zay Flowers. I love Zay Flowers, especially if Baltimore takes the next step. But I mean, 
that doesn't seem consistent with your thoughts on Baltimore as a team. So I have them making uh, the playoffs. Oh, okay. Well, I thought you had them missing the playoffs for the no, the, the Chargers. I have the Chargers missing for the, the Browns. Yeah, I have the Browns finishing second and the Ravens gotcha, finishing third. Gotcha. But see, you can still win Offensive Rookie of the Year. That's true. That's true. Okay, well, that's a great pick. I'm taking another wide receiver. I'm taking Jackson Smith and Jigba with great his 100 pick. catches. As I've as I've said all season, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by it. Although I love Addison too. Yeah. Um, defense Rookie of the Year. I'm gonna I'm gonna you know again not. I think Will Anderson's probably the easy pick. I'm gonna go Christian Gonzalez, cornerback for the Patriots. Great defense. Bill Belichick loves cornerbacks. I think I'm gonna go Christian Gonzalez. I know he's not gonna win it, but that's just my pick. I love that pick. I think Sauce won last year, so they love cornerbacks. And what a better situation than that? Although I'm gonna be taking a player who's gonna be on a great team. He's gonna have a lot of opportunities. I think in year one, and that's Jalen Carter, who I you, thought was he's gonna be in a jail cell. I mean, okay, listen, I thought Jalen Carter was the best talent in the draft, so I'm taking him on the – But he's the, the biggest the dummy. Defense. He's the biggest dummy in the draft, too. Um, well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, when he's in jail, it'll matter. Um, 330 pounds. Let's go with uh, Coach of the Year. Uh, I'm going with Kyle Shanahan. Love Kyle Shanahan. So I'm actually going to be taking Dan Campbell, and the reason is because – Makes sense. Of my love for Ben Johnson. I think they're going to give it to Dan Campbell, but the real person who should win it is Ben Johnson. All right, and let's talk about the most prestigious award, Comeback Player of the Year. Everyone thinks it's DeMar Hamlin, but we know who the rightful winner of this award is, and that is Calvin Ridley. Yes. 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 Come, back your, <laughs> come back, my friend. You are him. You were you are persecuted. <laughs> We've been there before as people who have wagered dollar bills on sports. We've been persecuted as well, so we support you, brother. Welcome back to the NFL. Comeback player of the year is Calvin Ridley. I want Calvin Ridley, Jameson Williams, and Phil Mickelson to all hug and make friends again because should, we all need to get over our they differences. They have a Zoom call, not the running backs. They should have <laughs> Yes, yes. And I'm there's a video going around as we close of Calvin Ridley and Zay Jones running a route, and Zay Jones runs this route. I'll send this to you if you haven't seen this, David. Zay Jones runs a route. And then Calvin Ridley runs a route, and this was from a few weeks ago. And typically, you showed, I, don't, me. I don't get that excited over training camp videos, but I, I've never seen such a difference between this. I mean, Calvin Ridley next to Zay Jones looks like Patrick Mahomes next to, dare I say, Sam Howell. I, I no, 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 I didn't say. That. Okay, <laughs> but, let's let's end this podcast before it's too late. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. Calvin Ridley looks good, so let's hope he has a great year. Come back. Well, hey, hey, man, like, look, I'm so excited for the NFL. It's the best time of the year. We have um, college football starting, Tennessee balls, kicking off September 2nd. NFL is what three and a half weeks away, whatever it is. Um, It's week one is like is like early Christmas. So uh, love, just love that we're finally getting through the the misery of summer where all there is is baseball. Um, and now we're actually into real athletics. So I'm excited. Yep, I am too. And our podcast is, has also made a great comeback. And here we are. So that's right. It's a, that's it's right. a great time to be a listener. And unless you're our wives, of course. Yeah, they, they, hate, they hate us. <laughs> they do. All right. We'll see you next week. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of Our Wives Hate This NFL Podcast. Learn more at NFLpod.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NFL Husbands. Don't forget to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, unless you're our wives, of course. 